Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success, hosted by John Biggs. Every week, we talk to an amazing person about a time they failed and what they learned. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Welcome back to Keep Going, the podcast about success and failure. I'm John Biggs, and today we have Julia Kaki. She's a uh, she's a former VC and an operations specialist at a sports media company, and uh, and I think you have some tales to tell. Welcome, Julia. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of crazy stories that got me where I am today. <laughs> so we, we like those kind of crazy stories. So what what do you what do you uh, what's what's top of mind for you? Uh, so I guess sort of how I even got where I am today is a little bit crazy because I spent so much of my career just trying to break into venture capital, uh, which was really difficult because, one, I was a, a female, um, <laughs> but also I came from an automotive background rather than a banking background. And so even though I was going for early stage venture, a lot of times I was either rejected from the interview process altogether or screened out after the first round because I didn't have that traditional, uh, you know, financial ex- experience background, even though I was working in corporate finance for three years. And also I had come from a very large company. So it was very non-traditional, spent about a year trying to break into venture and then finally broke in and realized that you know, the work itself was great, really enjoyed it. But it was sort of the first time that I I felt like I didn't necessarily belong at, at a certain company that I maybe had not been hired for mm-hmm. all of the reasons that I thought I had been hired for. And so, you know, immediately started looking for other opportunities and sort of got caught in this weird position where I was essentially laid off in the middle of the, the two weeks notice that I had given. So it was mm-hmm. like this weird dynamic where I had already mentioned that I was leaving, but I think for you know some reason I was not given the full two weeks there, and so then moved on to another venture firm where uh, it had sort of been decided that maybe it was a better opportunity for me to leave venture for an extended period of time. And so it was this crazy, stressful couple of weeks of, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself. Venture is all I've ever wanted to do. I worked so hard to get into venture. What else is there? You know, I I spent three years doing everything I can to break in and and now I'm sort of lost. And I uh, reached out to a colleague of mine from venture who introduced me to this company, knowing that I'd always been interested in sports, knowing that I always sort of saw myself as eventually being a COO one day and somehow miraculously made it through this process and was brought on to a position that didn't exist before. So I essentially created my own job and and really did turn it into something that I wake up every morning and I'm just excited to do every day. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. It's like, so you, you, you got what you wanted, but when you got it, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was horrible. What was the, what was, what was the feeling? Uh, it, it was just sort of disappointing knowing that like I had, I had spent so long and, and thinking that I'd wanted to do something so much. And then realizing that even though I was there, something was missing that didn't make me feel like I was 100% there where I was sort of lethargic coming into work every day. Mm -hmm. And and for some reason, just wasn't loving every second of what I thought that I was going to be loving. And, and, And so it's so tough when you have your 
all of your attention and all of your focus gunning towards one thing, your biggest fear is that you're going to get there and realize it's not what you wanted. And then my biggest fear was completely realized uh, mm-hmm. when, <laughs> when that actually came to fruition. And then you have this existential crisis where you're like, well, if that's not it, then there's nothing out there for me. Why, why would you, why would you, so this is an interesting thing. It seems like, why would you think that to yourself? I mean, uh, like to, for us, us sitting X number of months or years away from that, I'm sure we can, we can sort of like armchair quarterback the whole thing or Monday morning quarterback the whole thing. But why, why did you think that all was lost? Uh, when the, when only, <laughs> only one part of the ship was lost, I guess you could say. No, I, I, I get it. Like I was fortunate in that early in my career, I was in a rotational program. So I had tried numerous jobs because that was just the nature of the program that I was in. And as I was moving through all of those different jobs, I started to learn things about myself, about what I liked, about what I didn't like. And so from there, I thought, okay, I have this perfectly crafted idea of the things I like and the things I don't like and started exploring a bunch of different career options through that. And, you know, just going through interviews of every type of company, like the, during the pandemic, I mean, I was interviewing, oh my gosh, I mean, you would laugh at just the different job titles that I was in the interview process for. And and through that, I I found like, okay, here's what I want to do. Venture is absolutely what I want to do. I I knew this for a fact because I've interviewed every place else. And so I I know everything that exists out there. And so the one thing that I, I wanted, I was like, oh, if this is not what I want and I've interviewed everywhere else, then nothing else must exist because I've, you know, I was doing 10, 12 interviews a week. So I, I really did feel like I, I knew everything that existed out there, which mm-hmm. in hindsight, which obviously is 2020, I learned is not the case. But at, at that time, it sort of felt like I had explored all the avenues. What's the what would you recommend if somebody is in the same situation? It sounded like you were, and, and I've, I've been in this position as well, where you were day to day, you walk into a room and you say, I don't want to be in this room. Um, what, what would you recommend to people who's, who are dealing with that, that sort of thing? No, uh, I mean, how, how do you even recognize it when it, when it happens? And and that's the thing is because, you know, when you first start doing anything, you sort of get caught up in the excitement and anything that's negative, you sort of brush it off where maybe it's just too early for me to fully appreciate something or, you know, I'll get over it. I'll get used to it. It's not always going to be negative. And, and you sort of brush things off. And then after you get through the honeymoon phase, you do start to discover the things that make you unhappy. And it sort of gets like it completely gets to the point where it's just every day. It's harder to wake up. You're slower to wake up. You don't necessarily know why. You're you're more tired all the time, and it's it's it hits you physically before your brain even fully registers why it's happening. And then once you're sort of able to sit back and reflect and put one and one together, you sort of start to understand it. And then once you do, it becomes worse because then you know that okay, work is what's making me so miserable. I go to work every day. Now that I'm here, I'm just sitting in the misery because I know that it's stemming mm-hmm. from here, and it. it definitely becomes this snowballing thing. And, you know, I'm lucky in the fact that I am a fairly retrospective person and I was able to put one and one together and and know that it was the job that was making my body feel that way. So I, I was lucky in that sense. But, you know, I think the best thing to do is come to terms with the fact that at the end of the day, there's always going to be jobs out there that you've never heard of, and they're always going to be hiring. And if not, like there's now we live in a world where you can create your own job. But I just, 
I've sort of gotten out of the headspace of I have to be miserable for X amount of time in order to be happy at at the Z point, because mm-hmm. that's not realistic. You know, life is really, really short. And I, I do think that COVID helped me appreciate how short life can be and, and understand that there's no reason to be miserable for any period of time. And I'm not saying that every job is perfect. Like I definitely have tasks that I have to do where I'm like, oh, let's just get through this to get to the good stuff. But being unhappy for extended periods of time or for the majority of the work that you're doing is, is so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And I think that about career and personal life that, you know, we are as humans are intelligent enough to understand that we can do something differently in order to find enjoyment or pleasure out of something. And then we can take actionable steps to do that. And for me, like I've always, you know, I've always had that mindset where life is too short to be unhappy. And I think this was the first time in my life where I definitely realized that you know, maybe happiness isn't at the end of this road. Maybe it's time to take a, a different road entirely. So it, it's so important to recognize that and and to know that you don't have to be unhappy in order to be happy in the future because mm-hmm. you don't know that happiness exists in the future. If and we're, we and so not every not everybody might might not have not everybody has the same advantages that that maybe you might have in terms of being able to see that and understand that what what's some advice that you would give if you're if someone's in a in a position that they don't like but they don't see the they don't see the light they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel where they can basically say okay I can quit this and find something completely different which I mean that sounds like that's super scary uh what you described the idea that I'm just going to completely uh completely quit something that I worked really hard to do and try to do something else or let alone try to break into VC in the first place uh, and get constantly rejected on that front. And then at some point you kind of, you would give up, but what's, what, what drove you to continue, I suppose? Yeah. And, you know, taking the step all the way back to before I was in venture, it was just for me knowing that I've looked at so many opportunities. I know my strengths and weaknesses. I, I know what things get me excited and even just dabbling and trying some of the work on my own, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And the fact that I wanted it so badly is what pushed me towards doing it despite endless rejection. I mean, and it wasn't this happy, cheery path the whole way. I remember getting a phone call and it was a rejection phone call from a company that I really just thought that I had nailed the interview. I thought that I had it in the bag. It was sort of an obscure enough venture firm that I didn't think I was going to be in a lot of competition to get it. And getting Mm -hmm. that rejecting phone call was just the breaking point for me where I called Mm -hmm. someone up on the phone and just started bawling. I I was taking a walk and I was next to this lake and I just fell on the ground and was crying and was like, I don't understand what more I have to do. Like I cannot go back and change my past. And, and the fact that I don't necessarily have the experience they're looking for, but I'm willing to change and do something different in the future. Like I can't, you can't change anything in the past. And so it just felt like such a hopeless place to be in. And the fact that I knew that I just wanted this so badly and that I was breaking down over one of a million rejections made me realize, okay, this is what I want to do. Let's, let's just keep it going because eventually it, it just has to happen. Uh, you know, if you want something badly enough, then you pick up things and you ask questions, understanding, well, why didn't I get it? What can I do differently? How do I handle the next one? And so that's what I did. I, stayed on the phone with this company that had rejected me. And I said, okay, I have 10 interviews lined up. What are the, like, give me a list of all of the things that I could have said differently. I could have done differently Mm -hmm. in order to have changed your minds. 
And so then I just applied those things in the next couple of interviews. And crazy enough, a week later, I ended up getting an offer. But, uh, you know, I just knowing that you want something badly enough generally pushes you towards trying and trying. And the and it, you know, it's chicken and egg situation. Like if you're trying and trying and trying and not giving up on something, that's how you know that that's actually what you want. And, and that's something that you're passionate about and will work that hard for. That's actually a pretty intense for, I mean, that's, that's great advice. That's actually a pretty intense reaction to that rejection. You call them back and say, Hey, what did I do wrong in your eyes? Mm-hmm. And what did, what did they think when they, when they heard you ask those questions? Yeah. They said that no one had ever done that before, but that they were more than happy to get a summary or even get a couple people in the room who had interviewed me and provide me with as much thorough feedback as possible. And to be honest, like after I took this other job, the company that had rejected me continued to send me job postings and say, Hey, you know, I know it didn't work around work out last time, but would love to have you come and interview again. And it's so funny that I think a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, they reached out again and asked if I would mm-hmm. want to join again. And I think that, just that persistence is, is something that it's not anything that you can learn in a classroom or something that you can gain in job experience. It's just a personality characteristic that I do think is really, really valuable that, you know, you have that grit and determination to do something and, and people like that. And I see, I saw it all the time with entrepreneurs, people like that are the people who are going to succeed because they don't care how many times they fail. It's how many times they get back up again afterwards. What's what's drives you? And, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to go into like the, the hustle culture sort of thing, but I think this is very, this is an interesting point. What drives you in particular to think, to think that way? What, what part of your education, what part of your upbringing do you think that, that gave you that drive to, to, I mean, again, reach out, uh, after, a, after a rejection or even just, a even and pivot in, in the way that you did from, from something that was upsetting you to something more successful? Yeah, a lot of it I do have to, you know, give credit to my parents. I think that they raised me really, really well to always challenge myself and always push myself and to, to believe in myself. They, they've been my biggest supporters and my fans for as long as I can remember. But when it comes to just having motivation in general, I know that I come from a somewhat fortunate background in that I worked hard to achieve my successes, but that I was starting off on a different playing field than a lot of other people. And that's something that I will always recognize. And it's something that I will never sort of pass over or ignore or pretend that I didn't have that background and advantage growing up. But it's, I think a lot of it also is my dad was someone who grew up not with a lot of money, didn't have a lot of family. His parents had immigrated to this country and he lost a lot of his family when he was very young and he was rejected from medical school and he wanted to be a doctor more than anything. And so he did everything he could. You know, he started taking classes outside of the United States. And then in order to transfer back to the United States, he sat outside the admissions door and waited there until they finally let him in. Mm -hmm. And just that sort of determination, the fact that he could work so hard for his entire life and, you know, not necessarily come from nothing, but not come from the nice background that I came from. It's sort of like, well, if he can do that and I'm starting 10 steps ahead, then I just need to be a hundred steps ahead because I am so fortunate and because he worked so hard for me to be able to be in the position that I am. So 
I think that totally motivates me. And I, I think about that a lot when I'm at work is if I'm struggling with something or if I just don't feel like doing something, I think, well, my dad never would have taken no for an answer. Mm -hmm. He never would have just been complacent about anything. He would have pushed himself and he would have pushed others around him in order to get him to where he is. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. Uh, my, my dad, for example, he, he once, he once told me when you get a master's degree, then I could talk to him. Uh, and so I went out and got a master's degree. I, he didn't, he didn't, he forgot that he had said that when I was a kid, but I didn't, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That stuff sticks with you for sure. So, right. So you, you left the VC now you're, now you're over at the, the flow sports or are you enjoying it more? Is that, I don't want to get you in trouble, but have you found, have you found your, uh, your place? It, no, it's it's amazing that you, you asked that question, and I describe it in a number of ways. One is that this is the first time in my life that I haven't looked at a single posting on LinkedIn for jobs or hiring. Like ev At every point in my life, no matter how happy I, I was, I always just look to see what else was out there because I was curious. And this is the first time where I don't even care what other jobs are out there. Like You could throw something in my face, and I just I don't even look. So that sort of is a good example of just how happy I am here. And then, you know, I just think about all of the opportunities that I have and how I'm finally working in an industry that I'm truly passionate about. My biggest passions in life are travel and sports. And now I get to work at a sports company. I get to do mm -hmm. functions that I'm not only, I, I personally think good at, but things that I enjoy doing and things where I'm happy to stay on the phone for six to eight hours a day on Sunday just working on things and talking through things with people because I love collaborating and coming up with ideas on how to make something the best it can possibly be. And that's what they hired me for. And so I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm so happy. I love coming into work every single day uh, where a lot of people are remote and every day I wake up and I'm like, let's go to the office. Let's do this. Let's kick some butt mm -hmm. today. And I, it's, it's almost sad when I have to turn off the computer at the end of the day, because I, <laughs> I just can't put in any more hours. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I think I think you flipped the script on this episode because you went from uh, <laughs> you went from a complete downer into a uh, into an absolute. Uh, I mean, excellent advice and and uh, and a successful uh, discovery of your of your passion, I suppose, right? Yeah, I say it all the time. I've had six jobs in five years, and there's a reason mm -hmm. for that, and it's because I was searching and learning, and not just learning about work and business and companies and jobs, but learning about myself and what I wanted and what made me happy. And so I, I encourage a lot of people that if you think that you're 60% of the way there, just, you know, keep looking, find it because it's, it sucks to move jobs and have to start all over. And sometimes you're starting at the bottom of the totem pole, but eventually it's so worth it. Like I, I finally feel like I look at all the categories of my life of, you know, social life, health, career, the, the first two are not doing so great, but the third one, I can definitely check that box and be like, yep, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's like you found your tribe, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. And mm -hmm. that's very much how we, we talk about ourselves here at this company is we, we are with people who we get along with, who we work well with, because we all truly believe in the same mission. And it, it's nice to feel like you're part of that family. Julia Kaki, where can people uh, find out more about what you're working on? Yeah, so I, I'm fairly active on, on Twitter. A lot of the tweeting that I do is related to my time in venture as well as I'm currently still an angel investor. So I, I still do a lot of that. Uh, but for more 
operations and sports management type content, definitely LinkedIn is a great place for that. I'm constantly posting about all the cool things my company is doing and all of the really awesome projects that I get to work on here. Excellent. This has been Keep Going. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going. Feel so cool.